Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now on Radio Flange Goblet, the all-new revamped after-movie diner. We did try and kill the show. We even sent the Radio Flange Goblet big game hunter Edo Hootkins after it, but sadly to no avail. He stumbled across the Flange Goblet picnic babes and a collection of old harmonicas, and we haven't seen them since. We also sent wrestling duo Nanette and Billy Boy Trusty into the cellar armed with weaponized violins to entice the after-movie diner show out of hiding long enough to tranquilize it, pose it in some sexually compromising positions that'll be used later in financial negotiations with the network. Unfortunately, that failed also due to the after-movie diner being almost entirely immune to violin playing, having been trapped in a foxhole in 1978 with Yehudi Menuhin and Yasha Heifetz, who were both trying to get the attention of a rather flamboyant colonel named Nicholas, who had somehow lost all the buttons off his tube. Lastly, we sent well-known opera singer and killer of porcelain dogs, Eric Stoltz, no relation, to Nepal, where he didn't find the after-movie diner, but did pick up Hiker's Husk, a local malady in which your feet completely dry up, turn purple, and become about as useful as Donald Trump at a hairdresser-run beauty pageant. The tribespeople in the village now worship him as a deity and have removed his feet for safekeeping. Also, strangely, his penis. We all here wish him well and have replaced him with a lampstand adorned with a comically fake moustache. So, all of our efforts were sadly in vain, and so here, back after a prolonged absence is the After Movie Diner, which this week comes from a Texas Chainsaw Massacre-themed restaurant in Stoke, where all the waiting staff try really hard to help you, but sadly cannot, as they've all been nailed to the wall. Welcome to a whole new era of the After Movie Diner and it excites me no end to be able to tell you that from now on the diner will be exclusively coming from diners and uh, will feature most predominantly and most frequently uh, my cohort long these many shows, uh, the wonderful and the excellent Mr. James Wallace. Hello sir. Hello, I'm very, very, very excited and very proud to be a part of the new diner. Yes. It's going to be really fun. Yes, a lot of people will uh, know James from previous episodes uh, where we have done these little uh, jaunts to uh, theatres and watched movies and then talked about them in random diners. And uh, we are going to do some combination of that. But no matter what happens, the show will always come live from a diner from now on. That's the whole point of the show from now on. That's it. The after movie diner. Literally the after movie diner. And by hook or by crook, we will be doing it uh, like tonight, uh, where we had uh, many full starts. But in the end, I feel a victory of sorts. I think definitely a victory. Maybe not for cinema, but for us. No, no, but but definitely for us, definitely for us. Uh, But no, so uh, a big official welcome, sir. I'm really, really excited and really proud to be asked. um, Because it's always lots of fun to do it. And uh, it makes me watch different kind of movies. And I really like talking with you about them. Yes. Um, You know, no matter how grumpy either of us are at the end of the movie, there's always something to be joyful about. There's always something to talk about, which is nice, yeah. Indeed. So, yes. uh, So that's that's the plan going forward. And everything will take place in the diner. So, yes, if you need us to mention any of your uh, podcasts or albums, 
films, anything that you're doing, books you've written, anything like that, you have to tell us in advance and we'll mention it on the show. Yeah, we'll mention it in person. Thank you very much. You're welcome. In the middle of the show, I will be revealing where you can email us, where you can call us, how you can get through to us and so on. Uh, but uh, for the time being, we are in uh, Louis uh, Dale Diner, which is uh, up on 231st Street. In Crossy's Hood. Yes, uh, in, in, uh, just off Broadway in the Bronx. And we've done uh, many shows uh, from here before, but most uh, recently the Inseminoid show. Yeah, we did the Seminoid from here. So do you want to... I always dread this moment. <laughs> but no, instead of going through the plot... Uh, oh, yeah, because... Well, well, why, why don't you explain what went on tonight and, and what the big problem was and why we ended up doing what we did? Oh, yeah, fair enough. So, um, uh, I guess we... What we decided was that there isn't always a week when there's a good movie on it at, um, near us uh, or in New York. We, we really wanted to go and watch the Jean-Claude Van Damme Gets His Kidney Stolen movie, but for some reason it started playing in New York, which we were really disappointed about. Which is called Pound of Flesh. Pound of Flesh, right. And uh, stars as the villain uh, the now sadly departed Dan Shalavi, previous guest of Dr. Action the Kikaskin. Oh. Anyway, um, so we decided, well, um, Crossy gets sent a lot of review copies of movies by Blue Underground and Arrow Films, and uh, when there's a, a week where uh, there isn't a good movie on the cinema, we'll go back to the Bronx and we'll watch one of his, you know, Blue Underground mad films, and then talk about it um, in the diner also, which was supposed to be the plan tonight, except that every movie we tried, uh, and there were... So it was just the two, right? It was just the two we tried. Yeah, we only one, tried one, two, but we eliminated several just based on their we, we, length, we, their mood, their... Yeah. We, 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 we went for one that we thought was going to be nice and balmy, but it wasn't. It was just, like, extreme and nasty. Well, we went for one nice called Island of Death, Yeah, but that was uh, nice. which uh, Jim had looked up and was about two... Well, it was meant to be about two mad British people go to a Greek island and cause general havoc. Uh, directed by some crazy Greek people, and what it turned out to be was sort of just sort of abusive sexual weirdness, um, uh, in which very very bad actors and actresses uh, like did a lot of like borderline unattractive hideous horny things. Yeah, but it was just like dry humping and then unconvinced. It was like dry humping followed by unconvincing murder scene. In right. Kind of an oh, way. and someone uh, woke up in the morning and had sex with a goat. Yeah, and after about 25 minutes, of, believe of, me, that sounds more fun than it really was. It was yeah. just awful and boring and not nice. Yeah, it was. It was very. It was really. And then odd. we tried. And then we tried a, a, a yakuza film, which was like for after the five minutes of like black and white moody jazz. We thought, well, we're not in the mood for this either. Like, no, there's a time for black and white moody jazz. It's movies. a Sunday afternoon yakuza movie uh, from the 60s where. Like if you were sat watching it with Peter Weller, that would be that yeah, would be worth what yeah, you imagine this is what Peter Weller's life is, is watching jazz and <laughs> from the sixties. <laughs> that's black his, and white, right. Yeah, that's right, what right. he liked. But unfortunately though we weren't in the mood for that. And just to be about to give in, uh, we Crossy pointed out that he had uh, the Dolph Lundgren Michael Jar Tony Peter Weller Ron Perlman Ron Perlman movie film Skin Train yeah but that's what we decided on because that's how because how could that not be awesome right um, so another thing uh, so that's what what led us here um, another thing we want to try and do from, from now on 
um, is we want to let people know whether it's a film they should watch because if it's a film they want to watch then they don't want to listen to us give away every part of it right um, but if it's a film that they're not going to want to watch then that's fine they can listen to us talk about so it. instead of us saying spoilers basically we're going to go watch this or don't watch this yeah. right um, basically if, if we say don't watch it then listen to the episode because we're going to like humorously discuss it or cut it down yeah. but if we say watch it go what humour not guaranteed yeah humour not guaranteed um, if we say watch it go away and watch it then come back and listen to the episode yeah that's basically, basically. but on the, there will occasionally be and this film is going to be one of those things where right we will we will tell where, you where what kind utterly... of if you're looking for this kind of movie then you should watch it right yeah, I mean, okay, so me being the slightly more action expert, I right. would guess, yeah. uh, certainly the more sort of straight-to-video B-movie actioner, uh, I would say watch this. Uh, I would say beware that the first 25 minutes or the first 30 minutes are going to have a series of action sequences where you're like, mm, if the whole movie is this, it's really not going to cut the mustard. However, in the second and third acts, uh, Tony Jaa, Dolph Lundgren and Michael Jaa White in particular all step up to the plate and give some pretty impressive uh, action fight chase gun scenes that are well worth your time if you're into this sort of B-movie action fair. And um, Would you say that was... I would, I would say it was absolutely fair. And if you wanted to know me, who's not such a, a big action fan, although I do really like my action, another thing to say is if you're looking for a film that makes sense and has um, characters and uh, pulls you in and grips you and takes you along with that kind of an action film, look elsewhere. Right. There are better films than this. There are things there are things about in the movie to admire, no question. Right. And if you're looking for like a moronic movie with some action scenes, you could certainly do a lot worse. You're right, you have to sit for a lot of like nothing really happening. Right. But if you're like, oh well I like really good action films like, you know, Taken or you know, whatever, then this probably isn't you. Right. If you but do, to be if, fair if you like action films. On terms of like B movie versions of Taken, right, which I know sounds ridiculous because Taken itself is sort of a a-list version of several B-movies but as B-movie versions of Taken go of which there have been many over the last couple of years this was one of the better ones in terms of action uh, the problem with it is it also tries to whip in too much plot it tries to keep it, it tries to over complicate and over egg the pudding well, let's, let's start, let's start, and by yeah. doing that it, it takes away from your action yeah. dollar if you were just going to be out for, for action there's not, there's not enough of it in my opinion if, you, if, you were, if you're being asked mm. to ignore but if you're being asked to ignore like the fact that yeah the plot don't work and the characters don't really grab you in and there's not much to take you in then we have to have like the action sequences that there are really good but like right. towards the end of the movie and there needs to be more of those in the beginning right. otherwise I feel like you're not getting into it but anyway so right. we, did, we did our bit so now you can make a decision now some decision making decision making is being made and I tell you what during this time we'll decide what we're going to eat I decided I'm going to have the ranch burger and I'm having because it's French. got fried egg cheddar cheese and bacon in that it. sounds like amazing so I'm going to have one of those uh -huh. sounds amazing uh, I can uh, strongly suggest the burgers and the sandwiches here at uh, well, I'm going to have the burger Louis. Let's, let's attract your attention do you know what you're going to have? Uh, I'm having the French dip cheese ok let's uh... <laughs> saucy <laughs> literally saucy literally well let's oh, we oh juicy not really saucy oh juicy so I guess we could you know, I guess your decision making is probably done 
Um, and uh, so shall I quickly try and attempt to encapsulate the plot? Yeah, well, I think I think I think because I, I think we can all agree. Anyone that's listened to me on the diner knows that my strength is not plot summarising. No, it's not indeed, um, and it's not an easy plot to summarise. Really, to be fair, it really isn't. If anyone has seen the summarised Proust competition, <laughs> I feel a bit like that. Dolph in his first film wrote about wrote about. He did write this. This did, was yes. written and produced yes. by none other than Signores Lundgren. And it turns out. Okay, you guys ready? Yes, yeah, great, thank you. Go ahead. Uh, can I get the uh, the ranch burger? Yeah. Well done, just on its own, not deluxe. Okay. How do you want the egg? Um, what's the one where it's... We do it fried, yeah. where there's no juice. Yeah. And then there's over easy where there's a lot of fried. juice. Fried, fried. Okay, what about you? Yeah, I'm just having the French dip. French dip. That's it, guys? That's it. Can I get, like, a, a chamomile tea? No, you said that was it. I'm done. <laughs> oh. oh, if I'd known it was a question of timing. <laughs> you want milk, lemon, half and half? Uh, no, just the chamomile on side. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Oh, no, I'm good with water. Thanks. Okay, good. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Um, All right. Well, you take it away. Good luck. All right. So, there are people being trafficked. That. In <laughs> that. It's definitely true. <laughs> that's definitely happening. Yeah, we, can, we can definitely say that. Uh, it, from Thailand, right? Yes. And Cambodia and various other places yes, like that. Don't complicate it. Stick I'm not going to stick with Thailand. It's right. good. Right. Uh, by Ron Perlman, who is a Russian mobster no, who has. Serbian. No, but he's a Russian citizen now. Yes. But right, he was, originally. He is Serbian. No, it's Ron Perlman <laughs> doing a ridiculous accent. It doesn't really matter Ron where Perlman he's from. Ron Perlman, a war criminal bastard. He's a war criminal. He's a war criminal yeah. uh, who Serbia gave up, but Russia took in. Uh, little jabs at Putin there. But anyway, um, so Ron Perlman uh, is, has how many? The three, four sons. Four sons. Has four sons, but four. one is not by the original mother. He is from a whore, and that is like a constant problem throughout the movie, apparently. Um, Tony Jaa is a crusading cop in Thailand who yes. has a girlfriend who is a previous traffickee. Still, still. Current traffic. Uh, well, she's undercover. Oh, she's no, no. She's been trafficked, and now she's at the end of what happens after you get trafficked. Right. But she's kind of she's like, still working. She's working in a strip club kind yes. of thing. Uh, yes. Mostly drinks, some shagging. I don't, well, he keeps jumping in and saving her every time the shagging might take place. Yes, but um, one would assume that occasionally he's a bit late. Or, right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? But he's anyway. That's his girlfriend is a previous trafficker. Yes. Uh, and uh, Lundgren is in uh, New York, New Jersey, handling New Jersey. that Newark. side of it. Newark. Right, handling that side of it, although he did mention New York at one point as well. Um, so, uh, but anyway, he's in New Jersey handling that side of it uh, because that's where the ships come in to American ports. Yes. Uh, where he is working in a conjunction with Michael J. White and Peter Weller as Underneath. FBI liaison. No, uh, no, yeah, FBI liaison. Okay, I'm out of camel milk. Can I get you anything else? Uh, green. Okay, thank you. Lovely, thank you. Um, yeah, Michael J. White is the FBI and Pete Weller is the police captain. Right. The bebop. Police captain. And he's amazing. He is amazing. In the in the few even though he looks like he is slowly turning into Skeletor. Yeah. He is amazing. But he has few few small scenes, but yeah. in the scenes he's like jazz Skeletor. He does not disappoint. No, he does at not. any point. He yeah. said at one point he does say, "I should rip your fucking eyes out," yeah. which is amazing. What's the thing about? Um, and I consider every one of them a damn shame. No, no, no. I uh, consider every one of them a pause. Yeah. A goddamn tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he has to have the bebop pause yeah. before he does it. But he's incredible. Like if you and then, yeah, really every time Weller pauses, you know. Exactly what you do. But I consider every single one of them. Goddamn tragedy. Thank you very much. So yeah, a Weller, Weller, Weller. So yeah, he he is why you watch the first twenty minutes of this movie, and Tony Jaa is the reason why you watch the second half of this movie. Yeah. So into sorry, I pulled you off topic already. It's my very present. Into this cacophony. Of, of madness and and Dolph, remember, Dolph is in Newark. Tony Jar is in Thailand. Right. Girls go from Thailand to Newark. That's all we need to know at this point. And Ron Perlman goes everywhere, overseeing it all with his ragtag band of weird mini war criminals. Yeah. Well, one one of them's coke snorting son who runs a sex traffic uh, in sex in club Thailand. in Bangkok. Uh, the other one is a very sort of weak-willed son, but wants to be exactly like his father. Another one is a very headstrong son. And the fourth one, I forget anything about him yeah. except he's going to look after Southeast Asia, apparently. Anyway, no, I think he's looking after Romania. When, Republic. well done for remembering that. But but they both divide Southeast Asia. Yes, they do. Okay, so uh, at a shootout in the docks, uh, in, Ron, Newark. in Newark, Ron Perlman's weak son uh, gets shot by Lundgren. Uh, this, uh, in turn has the Russians, Serbians, whatever they are, retaliate uh, by blowing up Lundgren's wife and child. Yeah. And their family home and everything. Yeah. And shooting Lundgren twice in the back. Yeah. Lundgren, who then goes into hospital, uh, despite there being no nurses and no doctors and no nothing, uh, escapes then from hospital, tearing off his bandages and everything uh, without being without being particularly cured and then uh, he goes into a restaurant uh, in Russia town Newark I presume uh, or Little Russia Newark or whatever it is maybe it's Little Russia we should talk about that a bit later because I want to go into that and, and he well about, okay so Lundgren so Lundgren goes on a Taken-esque spree to avenge the death of his wife and child right uh, Tony Jaa is and Michael Jaa Michael Jaa White goes to Thailand to stop uh, 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 Lundgren with the help of Tony Jaa because that's where Ron Perlman's gone Ron because Perlman's that's where Ron Perlman's gone it's gone back to Asia uh, and then there is a long series of things where it, who's good who's bad who do you side with what's going on made Crossy cry at one point I don't know what's going on I don't know who to root for everyone's so ambiguous yes everyone what? And, and I think that to be fair my ultimate conclusion of the movie is still going to be that Lundgren in his I think sincere and honest desire to like write a, like a decent complicated crime drama script way over egged it basically they all end up and in Thailand Tony Jaa's against Lundgren are all in Thailand right uh, and so is Ron Perlman and, and they've got a bunch of very complicated stuff to say and the power structure shifts throughout yes that's exactly. what I'm going to say yeah, fair but enough, I'm going to tell you why or who's bad or who's good or what happens right yeah, fair enough. Right, but that's it. But everyone's very ambiguous except Tony Jaa, who is not ambiguous. Not ambiguous. He's very heroic, very sweet, extremely heroic, yes. very nice, and uh, uh, yes. So uh, it's part taken, part. It's kind of revenge, kind of buddy revenge-y cop thing. Kind of, it's not. Well, I guess there's somebody copying. There's like revenge, buddy cop thing, takenage. 
traffic age. There's lots of stuff and going on. And trying to come up with a plot that means Dolph won't have to run very often. Right, even though this plot seems to necessitate him running a lot. A lot. Yeah. Even though watching him run is a bit like two Scotsmen trying to move an oak tree <laughs> from one end. <laughs> two invisible Scotsmen <laughs> trying try to, to move, move an oak tree, tree <laughs> from one end of a football pitch to another. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's not that they wouldn't achieve their goal, it's just that... Well, it would, it would happen be... eventually, but, but it would be so uncomfortable to watch. You know I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't charge money, you know I mean, you wouldn't pay to see that event. No. You know I mean? After all, you become suspicious that it's just an oak tree moving slowly. Right, exactly. So, um, uh, go, go ahead with your, uh, your, your comments. Well, OK, so, first of all, we really liked the opening ten minutes, because good people kept turning up being cool there was a, a thing right at the beginning with Dolph chasing some suspect and what was right. really good about it is the suspect was like all you know sp- sp- you know spry junkie basically right. your standard spry runs over rooftops junkie at the beginning of the movie right and Dolph could hardly run right and was probably like huffing and puffing and even stopped at one point to take a sip of beer and instead just like figured out where the guy was going to run to waited around the corner and grabbed him and that was kind of cool it was like going yes I'm 60 and I'm Dolph Right. That was kind of cool. And then, you know, there's Tony Jaa, like, taking the shit out of like people. Right. two Filipinos wrestle with a couch. Right. <laughs> Actually, that's probably better. Tony Jaa, like, kicks some shit out of some, like, bad people in the room. Um, and Michael Jai White and Peter Weller wander around looking cool. Being bebop. Being bebop and cool. So, already we're on board with the film. I think, and it's not bad I think direction. First, during no, 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 the during the shootout at the docks, there's some very nice overhead but shots. But a couple of things happened back to back really quickly that put me off. Them. And yeah. they were the whole film was supposed to be about all oh, the skin trade. It's all really evil. And then there were like elongated shots of the strip club in Bangkok with like go-go dancers and topless dancing and beautiful women and jiving to the music and it all went on a bit longer than it needed to and it's yeah. a bit like look, looking at tits is bad these tits are alright don't worry you can look at these tits you know so that was a bit weird then they had Dolph Lundgren and his daughter that's fine she was about 20 well that's realistic you know Dolph's what in his 50s maybe 60 20 year old daughter yeah I'd buy that and then a woman walks in and uh, it's supposed to be, as far as I can tell, Dolph Lundgren's wife. wife. But could just as easily be the, the daughter, twin. the twin sister, because she, this this woman was 25, 26, if that. And then there's a scene of like her taking her clothes off and like <laughs> you know driving with some laundry in front of in front of Dolph. Because it's around 13th anniversary. No way is this woman 40. Right. No what it made me think is that maybe back in the day he'd been part of the skin trade right. and maybe he had like procured his wife when she was a teen because they'd apparently it was been together 13 peculiar. years but it's just quite peculiar to watch this film it's all setting up like, oh the skin trade's really even look at all these poor women and all the rest of it and then there's like a bunch of things of like just voyeuristic you know, which is like it's fine. I've got no problem with that. But it was all, it all lasted a bit too long. And I think actually that's a function of another problem. Wait, sorry, just very quickly. I think that might be a function of another problem the movie had, which was I don't think they had a lot of footage because there were lots of repeated shots. Like there's the guys that get out of the, of the jeep later on, and they, they 
they're in a, in a fight and they get out of the jeep and close the door behind them and start firing and that happens twice inside 30 seconds right. because they need a shot of like guys but they've only got the same shot so they repeat it when he's running over the rooftops they repeat the same shot only like from a different angle but it's clearly the same shot and I wonder whether what made us uncomfortable which was how long like the you know the boob shots went on for was actually a function of they didn't have enough footage no no I tell you what that's a function of that's a function of we have to sell it. and sadly straight to video stuff and straight to DVD stuff or even like straight to small time right. cinema stuff these days is going back to the way it was on video days where Which it's like I've got no problem with boobs I like boobs boobs are nice right? right but don't be putting them in a film where it's all about oh you know Thai girls dancing in a strip club is really evil look at these Thai girls dancing in the strip club you can look at them a bit that's okay but basically because either like we're being like made to feel complicit in the nightmare that is the skin trade in which case do me a favour I stuck a Dolph Lundgren film on I don't need to be implicated in the human condition you know right, I mean? right, right. in the sickness of humanity thanks right. right or you know it's fine to have them dancing but don't be like you know thank you very much that's lovely thank you magic wow this is great so uh, yeah that was a little that was a little you know, and that was just a bit like off-putting and then there was the scene with the with the undercover woman getting you know about to um, get caught by the three blows and again it's like it went on way like we know Tony Jaa's going to burst in the room and beat the shit out of them but it didn't need to last that long the scene with them fondling her on the bed lasted longer than the bloody fight scene yeah that was that was my big problem is that there were a couple of times at the beginning where you knew a fight scene was coming but when the fight scene arrived it was shorter than the incredibly long build right that happened yeah you're right that happened wrong and for me the payoff has got to be better than the build up right because I don't like I've seen enough of these movies that when there's a build up happening I oh you're going to be the new woman in the film thank you so much I love it you're going to be the new woman in our movie da 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 you're like, oh, okay, here's the setup for when Jar comes in and, like, busts some heads. Right. But, you know, uh, sadly, that was, that was a little lacking and was problematic. And it was just generally, I think also, I don't know about you, but I had major hangover from the previous 25 minutes of that yeah, that's true. wreck that, was... that we had watched. Yeah, that's so a good So suddenly, point. every single time I saw a woman who was being, let's be fair, objectified, whether even if it even if it was in a loving marriage way or even if it was in a strip club way, they were all being objectified. Having seen twenty five minutes of Ireland of Death, I was like, I just had a bad taste of my mouth. Yeah, no, I'm glad to agree with that. And and even though, like you said, halfway through, I think what they're trying to do was be like, loving sex is fine, but you know, grim, horrible, under the counter sex is bad. I'm like, I presume everyone watching the movie already knows that. And yeah, it was a bit of an and, it's, and that's again that's. Those things are all fine. It's okay to have boobs and dancing girls keep on, but they've just they lingered on it was the problem. But even that was like, okay, well maybe this will get better. I get it, it's a director video movie, it's just boobs, let's not take it too seriously. But the thing that totally threw me out the room going, right, this film is just Barbie. It's just straight up Barbie. It was Dolph, comes out of the hospital, right? Wants right. to find information. So he goes to a restaurant owned by one of the Serbians. Now bear in mind. That wasn't established. Right. It, yeah, it wasn't really established until later. This is a restaurant. 
what we see is Dolph walks into a restaurant and starts shooting people in the head. Just like walks in, with goes, a, with oh, a excuse me, shot. you seem to have a shotgun. Are you sure you want to be doing that? Shoots him in the chest. Turns around, someone goes, stands up and goes, I'm a diplomat, what are you doing? Shoots him in the head. And then gets the information he wants from whoever owns the bar, walks out, and then um, blows the entire bar up, including an old woman in the corner who was eating. Right. right? So she was definitely in the restaurant when Dolph exploded it. Right. So in other words, the lesson here is, presumably... I love the way that we're now saying exploded it rather than blew it up, <laughs> right, but I like it. I like it. Go with it. Presumably, the, the moral here is, if you're going to... And you should pay attention to this, fact. If you're going to eat out in New York, make sure you research, do you know what I mean, the ownership structure, no matter how shady or shadowy, right. of the restaurant, in case you become, like, morally culpable for the crimes of its owner, yeah. according to whatever, like... Yeah, that was Swedish beefcake wanders in. There was some, there was some insanely like graphic moments. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was, and not graphic because there was like blood all over the wall or whatever. But just, I didn't expect him to go. You know, it was like that scene in um, the Fisher King when Babbitts goes in and like blows up the yuppie. Right, it was just like that, and nobody mentions it again. Nobody says, listen, mate, we've got to bring you back to put you in jail <laughs> for murdering a restaurant full of people. You know, they're all like, oh, well, he's on a revenge kick, so we understand. You know. No, had it been set up that that restaurant was part of it, no, it you know, fine. and like I said to Jim halfway through... Look, action films are full of bars owned by bad people. And all you do is just stick, you stick people with ponytails. Right. Fat bikers. Right. Greasy people. Like, obviously, like, look at this. It's all right. They're all criminals. They're all they're all in on the scheme. Right. But this is like a nice, smart restaurant with, like, old women eating in it. Yeah. And Dolph just blew everybody to pieces. Right. For no reason. Well, it's like what I said to Jim. It's like the fact that through all of Liam Neeson's barbarity and taking mm, yeah. that you're on his side is actually kind of a bit of a fine line because had... Um, First of all, you're aware that the daughter is alive and that he's trying to get to the daughter. And you're aware that with each passing minute, there could be drugs and sex happening to the daughter. And that is, like, utterly violent and repellent. Secondly, everyone he comes across is genuinely and actually culpable and, and linked to him directly. How are you doing, Louis? How's everything okay? Oh, Thank you. So, like, the same can't be said here, because although there are, there, although there are plenty of scenes, and although it is a full-length movie, exposition, there is not. You know what I mean? It's very strange for a movie with so much in it. Like, you wouldn't believe, like, that, that about halfway through the movie, they just start throwing plot ideas in there, presumably because they think, well, we've got to, like, eat up screen time here. Because... Well, there's no there's, okay. I'll tell you another thing that happens that gives you gives you a clue as to like Dolph's like what happens when Dolph gets to Thailand. If there isn't that Liam Neeson thing of having to like work your way through an organisation to get right. to where you want to go, he just like finds out. Oh, they yeah they work and he walks into a club that he, like someone showed him a photo of the club like back in Newark because fortunately the per- person who worked at the restaurant happens to keep a photo of where the guy who's never anyway it doesn't really matter. It's just, like, absurd. But fair enough. So he goes to the club, beats up one bloke, gets the name of a warehouse. And then something happens where he goes to the warehouse and he's followed by Tony Jar, where they have a fight. Awesome a pretty cool fight. fight. Awesome Very fight. awesome fight. But then Dolph runs away. And then Tony Jar goes back to the club, finds out, oh, yeah, this guy told him to go to the warehouse. So then he goes back to the warehouse, which is where Dolph is. He goes, well, 
what, how did you go to the warehouse in the first place? Right. What was the point in that? Well, you just go to the warehouse twice, and any move is supposed to be about you've got to find the find the killers, right. and you end up going back to the same place twice, like directly on no, other, with no explanation. Place. Well, if it wasn't a warehouse, then what the fuck were they doing? Then? I don't know. I recognised the cage, you know, where the guy sits. Right. It was the same place. Maybe then I don't know. But that just tells you, like, the, like. There's too little for Dolph to do. Like, he should be, like, beating the crap out of people and finding out what's going on. But there's no sense of him, like, being in the dark. Right. And the more violence he commits, like, you know, the more he knows what's going on. Right. It's just a kind of, like, a guy walks into a bar and threatens somebody and gets told... Like, immediately he gets told where, you know, the guy is. Like, that's it. You know? Right. The biggest... The weirdest thing about it is, on my side, right, is that the most successful straight-to-DVD action movies keep the plot and the dialogue very, very simple. Right. Now, they might have the taken thing of, like you say, going from one thing to another to another to, like, achieve the ultimate goal. Right. Basically, like a computer game. It might have that, but ultimately it'll be a fairly simple thing. And they keep the action, like, they focus on the action. The good ones do, anyway. Right. Right? This one, like, tried to do both. Like, it focused on... There were some scenes where it definitely focused on the action. And, in fact, there's a whole plot twist in the movie that is purely in there so that you can set up a fight. So that everyone gets to fight each other, right, essentially. Um, Yeah, which is when I realised that I wasn't too fussed with the... Because it totally comes out of nowhere, (coughs) that particular plot twist. It doesn't seem to serve any purpose, but you're right. When it became apparent that it was to set up the big fight, I was like, fine. Right, because you've got, you've got Michael Jar White, Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jar. These are your action heroes and your martial artists in the movie. And then you've got your Ron Pullman and your Peter Weller for the, you know, right. the high-end educated sort, you know? Right. You know, to bring a bit of class to the picture. They class it up. We interrupt this podcast to say hello, valued listener. Thank you ever so much for finding and listening to this episode of the After Movie Diner. Well done, you. Give yourself a quick, swift, round pat on the back. We do hope you're enjoying the show, but even if you're not, or if you are, if you've got a question or if you've got a suggestion, why don't you drop us a line over at aftermoviediner at gmail.com. That's aftermoviediner at gmail.com. Maybe you don't want to write a long, cumbersome email. Maybe you have problems with your spelling. Maybe you don't have an email address because you're old and infirmed and still living in the 1970s in a pair of plaid pants in an orange room. Well, if that's the case, then why not give us a call over at 347 053 and leave us a voicemail in your very own dulcet tones. That's 347-669-0053. Of course, maybe you don't want to spend the money on a whole long phone call. Well, we do have a free voicemail service at speakpipe.com. That's www.speakpipe.com forward slash after movie diner and use your computer, laptop, tablet or whatever to leave us a 90 second voicemail over at speak. That's what I'm doing with my mouth. Pipe. That's what plumbers do when they plumb.com forward slash after movie diner and let us know what you think of the show now while speak pipe might be completely and utterly free for you to use what isn't completely and utterly free is producing one of these shows each week there's obviously the movie to pay for the diner to pay for the website to pay for there's the editing man hours and so on and so on the list goes on and i know that you're all listening to this thinking how can i contribute sponsor or become a patron of the after movie diner well it's quite simple you go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com 
patreon.com forward slash after movie diner hopefully noticing a pattern by now and donate to the show up to a dollar per show or 70p if you're in living in the uk and that would go a great way to helping us produce this fantastic show each week so that's www.patreon.com forward slash after movie diner failing all those things you don't want to do any of those things why not rate and review us on itunes spreaker stitcher wherever you find the show it really really would help thank you very much for listening to this short but definitely not pointless message and now back to the regular programming Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think what disappoints me most about the whole movie it started off really well. Peter Weller didn't inexplicably show up in Thailand at the end and shoot Peter everybody. Peter way more Weller for a start. I mean, that should be your rule with every movie. Right. But there's good people in there, like Lundgren, Jarwhite, and Tony Who Jaw. were all good in the movie, to be fair. They, they were, were all no, they good were all in the good, movie. But, like, Tony Jaw's wasted. And when there was dialogue, it wasn't atrocious. Like, it really wasn't that no, bad. No, Like, the script was... Like, dialogue-wise, was all right. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't like we were sat there, we were, like, giggling at, like... Awful exposition. It was, it was fine. No, but the problem was it was badly put together. Right. And clearly, what happened was, uh, which I literally think is just a fault of low-budget movies these days. Yeah, I mean, that could well be true. You shoot what you can, and you put together what you can. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely an element of that, especially those repeated shots. You're right. That was definitely going on. Yeah, and I, and I get you've only got Weller for a certain amount of time, and you've probably only got Perman for a certain amount of time, and all the rest of that, and that's all fine. That's all you know. That's all cool. But I mean, it was worth it for the for the for the Jai White and, and, and Jar fight. It was worth it for the Dolph Lundgren and Tony Jar fight. And it, and the it was almost stunts, worth I mean, it for the chase. Stunts, it was a couple of stunts that Jai did that were really cool. But like that chase should have been nothing but stunts from Jar. You know, like that would. What's the point of setting up the, this chase? Because, like you said, they set this chase where Tony Jaws chasing Dolph Lundgren. And Dolph Lundgren's on a motorbike through a market, and Tony Jaws trying to chase him. Well, that should be every now and then you cut to Dolph Lundgren. But really, you're watching like Tony Jaws like, leaping over rooftops and doing crazy things to try and catch it, right? Because he's right. on a motorbike and he's on foot. Right. That would be amazing. Instead, you're treated to like five solid minutes, pretty much, of Dolph Lundgren on a motorbike. What? That's not interesting. Right. With like occasional glimpses of Tony Jaws doing something really cool. Right. And yeah, you're right, that's a function of why they didn't get the footage of why Tony Jaws. But then you need to know that's your big fucking scene. And then. Yeah, it's really odd with Tony Jaws because the Ong, Ong Back movies are really good. And, or certainly the first two are. And then the Protector, the first Protector, is really good. But Protector 2 was rock. Like, just rock. And this one was like a slight step back in the right direction but really and even his scenes in Fast 7 because he was in Fast and Furious 7 are very good but very short lived you know what I mean so like because part of me was like well maybe it's it's low budget they didn't have the fight choreographers they didn't have the stunt team they didn't have the health and safety blah 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 maybe he didn't feel like comfortable doing you know as much as he would have done on a big A picture or whatever but he's been in like big A pictures and I think The Protector 2 was probably a fairly well financed film considering how well The Protector 1 did and he just hasn't cut the mustard he's still waiting for like I know he did some very good movies early on but he's still waiting for his his big actual movie you know what I mean well I think like part part of the problem seems to be like Jet Li had uh, you know enough stuff to do in Lethal Weapon 4 and then went on to do a few like American movies it's, just, where it's, it's tougher it, the, the lesson you get from this movie is 
it's tougher than you might think to come up with a movie where a bunch of people kick up. Like, it's not that easy, you know, because you've actually got, like, it's like what you were saying with, um, oh, what was the, the um, was it the, was it the gunman or, I can't remember what it was, but you were talking, was you were talking about a movie about how, uh, oh, um, the Avengers, we talk about the Avengers, Age of Ultron. How action scenes like that only work if you're like emotionally invested. Can I give you guys anything else? Uh, no, no, I'm all right for now. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, we will. Thank you. Um, unless you're emotionally invested in the action scene, unless you've like set them up, right? But the reason that the Neeson one works so well is it's like a small amount of setup, but then every fight is a setup like for the for the rest of the movie because right. it's all, always moving forward. But it's not that easy to come up with that. And like you say, I mean, it didn't occur to me until you pointed it out. It's very difficult to get people on the side of a guy who's going to spend the whole movie beating the crap out of slash killing people. Right. It's not easy. Right. And revenge seems to me to be like, you know, it's a complicated motive, revenge. Because at some point, you know, there's a bit where you could shoot Ron Pell at the beginning of the movie, and he does. And you're like, yeah, good on you for not shooting him. Because I've, you know, I've watched enough TV movies so that you're not supposed to do that. But right? then Rob Perlman has his family blown up. Right, and that's fine, I get that. But And we are meant to go, well, wait a minute, he blew up his wife and child. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that is the motivating factor. And that's, you know, and that's totally cool. That even though you spotted the, you know, the, the twist or whatever from, from a mile away, I didn't. It was... There was lots about it to like, but mostly I think it was a bit frustrating because there was a feeling of if you just spent like a little bit more time, um, and I don't even think it was a question of script. I think it was a question of planning. You know, if you'd had a bit more time, you know, to set up like, well, what's Jar going to do? Because it was all like, oh yeah, we'll do like a we'll do like a rooftop chase, and Dolph can be on the motorbike, and Tony Jar can like jump out of the roof. But it's a bit like, and, and Jar's going to get there and go, okay, so what do you want me to do? Oh, you know, you know, run over the roof, do some stuff. And he's like, well, we've, running, you know, we've only got three hours to do this. There's no, like, planning. It's like, okay, so we've got this big thing where we've, we've looked at this place and this right. thing is, you know what I mean? Like, like and then we're going to have a crane here and you're going to run down and, like, put all those things together and make a big scene. But it's more like, well, we'll turn up and we'll shoot and something cool will happen because we've got some good people here. And, like, the only things that, that were good were Dolph, were the fights, and I feel like they were good because they obviously practised them. Right. You know, in other rooms before they came to shoot. Yeah. And the whole movie. And also because like in both cases with the big fight, they give equal time to both people. Yeah, which is true. <coughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you my card. Hang on a second. I'll be right back. All right, thanks. Uh, so they, gave, they gave equal time to both people, which was awesome. Yeah. We got time. yeah. So that was very good. I, I have to say, I, I think that, I, I think like that honestly, people going into this movie are going to be going into the movie for the cast. That's what they are, right? So speaking to those people who are going into this movie for the cast. Yes. Right. If you like Bebop Weller, you get some Bebop Weller. If you don't get enough of it, you, you get go. you get a couple of bits where you're like, nice, right? If you're going in it for... Uh, about as much Weller as you would expect in that movie, though. Right. You would expect him to be a bit of a cameo. Um, and uh, if you're going in it to see um, uh, Tony Jaa do some stuff, he does do some stuff. He does do some stuff. It's not... It's just like not as much as you would like. Right. There's too much of him not doing stuff is the problem. If it was like other things were happening, right. that would be okay. But there's too much of him like running down roads or shooting guns. Go, I'm not in here to see Jar run and shoot guns. Right. Anyone can do that. I happen to know from other bits of the movie. He can do amazing things. So why isn't he doing amazing things? Right, right, right. Right? That's my problem. Yeah, that's the thing. Lundgren is Lundgren's good Lundgren's yeah Lundgren's the best Lundgren's the best he's been in one of these DTV action movies for a long long time and I've thought about it as well I like the fact that he 
where runs out of the hospital because even though it's like horribly unrealistic he does have this like huge like monstrous scar you know by his eye and that looks very cool and there's a thing going through the whole movie where like trying to fight Lundgren is like trying to fight a tree like right. even the sound effects when anybody like hits Lundgren it's like they've got a sound effect of somebody punching a tree or something right. you know or throwing a bag of flour against a tree um, thanks guys for coming in thank thanks you very so much. much thank you you could just leave it there on the message okay. oh thank um and that's been like thought about you know like those sound effects when Jar was hitting Lundgren were like were thought about you know it was, it was definitely a thing that when Jar was going to hit him it was going to make this noise because and like, and, and like the way it was filmed was like there's no way you're ever going to bring Lundgren down he's a trip and even though it was like like you say a bit unrealistic I, I did feel like he did like spin his way around Lundgren and jump around and hit him and try and bring him down but it was like trying to bring down you know some mad you know troll with a PhD essentially right 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 um, and that was kind of cool and well thought out um, and like the stuff that you know the things that Lundgren had to go through and the decisions that he had to make like they all made sense but it wasn't enough for the whole movie not if you're going to get a lot of very cool people to be in there you know right because all, it, all it's reminding you is I'd rather be watching like Lundgren driving through a market on a motorbike while being chased by random guys that's fine but if he's being chased by somebody who you want to see the chasing guy right you don't want to see Lundgren on a fucking motorbike you know no, especially since he's pretty obviously on the back of a car no matter how much he's looking around looking panic he's right. obviously not riding the motorbike or he would have crashed a million times yeah. because he's never looking forward yeah, it's uh, it's very odd. There's 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 something that happens with these, and I think you're right. I think it's to do with the planning. I think it's like, well, we've got the marquee names, and so this will like kind of carry us through this slightly shonky, slightly slow down thing. And and the, and the sad thing about it is, is that there are plenty of good direct-to-video action films, <clears throat> but they are going to because in this post, it's not to sound too snobby, but like. In the post, like Raid, uh, Ninja Two, uh, Protect the World, where we've seen that even in very low-budget movies shot in you yeah. know uh, uh, Asia, we've seen exceptional stuff, like yeah. better stunts than we've ever seen in any Hollywood thing. Ever. When when you've seen that and you've seen martial arts prowess and stuff like that, movies like this, which have a lot of reason to be watched and a lot of draw, and it's it's directed pretty well and da 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 da. The slight slow speed and, and, and slight kind of chonkiness, not so much of the flights, but of the chase, both chases. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the ending, too. Like, you've, you've got to say, like, Ron Perlman, you've spent so long, right? There's been far too many scenes of Ron Perlman being an evil servant. Although not, like, being evil, like, talking evil. Like, sitting down, talking about being evil is what right, Ron Perlman right, right. does. And then at the end of the movie, like, You've got Ron Perlman and Dolph Lundgren, and they, they should face off, but like they don't really. You just, you know what well, I mean? It was, it it, we, like, we called it we called it old Zilla and slow Zilla. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's what because it, it, it was like two because they're both tall guys, but it was yeah, like they're both like tall beefy guys, and they could have made more of that, but it didn't. You know, it didn't last. It was lots of fun to be had there with all the fun they had with like um, Dolph Lundgren being like an oak, like a slow moving oak tree. Right. You can have the same thing going on with Pearl. Like right. could be, it could be like two that could have been fun but they didn't you know they didn't follow through they didn't have the time they, they could only rent the helicopter for you know an hour or whatever yeah I mean it's, what, what's incredible is when you think of something like think of the end of Hot Fuzz right right you have Timothy Dalton who yeah is in very good shape but he's an old dude right and you have Simon Pegg who's a comedian <laughs> right he's not yeah. a martial artist he's right. a comedian right but they still 
in the like model village punch up have a passable yeah, like action right. yeah, sequence yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and I'm sure there were like stunt people in there and I'm sure a lot of it was like planned meticulously and they spent ages and blah 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 but that's not even a big budget movie that's a movie made in England with a comedian and a, like a guy who was James Bond in the early 90s right right so it's like I always think to myself like if that can be managed just by like you say putting a bit of effort in fucking old hands in it like Lundgren and Pullman that's right, that's right. like Pullman was Hellboy and Lundgren and not too long ago either and uh, you know Lundgren has been you know in tons of action things and it's just they all know this stuff and, and Jar White no Jar White and Tony Jar was the best sequence in the whole movie no definitely but you know you just feel like you want to if you're going to get these people in, then you need to, like, James Bond it, like Roger Moore it. Like, OK, we're going to throw in a sequence where they do this. And then, all right, it's a bit like, you know, speedboat chase or whatever. And it's a bit, you know, um, you know, all right, it's a bit dropped in there. But at least it's well done. And, like, right. They know they're going to drop. Oh, yeah, this is where we have the, the speedboat chase. So if you're going to get, you know, Jai White in there and, and Tony Jai and all the rest of it, then have those sequences ready, you know. But I feel like the... the the Tony Jar Jar White fight looks so good because they, those two obviously went away and tried some things, you know. Because it it didn't end either. That was really nice because the beginning part of the fight was unbelievably cool. Like they were doing really cool things, and then the end of it, it just kind of ended. And Dolph, like, right. thanks very much. Dolph just like ran in, and oh, the fight was over. And like it didn't have like any big climax to it. Right. You know? It just because it's like oh, well, they didn't get. They obviously went. You know, they were practicing it and came up with some really cool things. And then someone, you know, ran into the, you know, the gym and went, all right, lads, off to the shoot. Like, right. oh, we don't know how it's going to end. Oh, don't worry, Dolph will walk in and, you know, be a right. tree. And that's how we're going to finish right. most scenes anyway. But you're being... I, I, still, I still claim that for people who have been waiting for this movie, and it's been a big thing on Facebook because um, everyone involved in the movie, uh, from Jar White to Tony Jar to, to Lundgren to everybody, of which a lot of action fans are going to follow them on Facebook and on Twitter and stuff like that, they have been tweeting, talking, sending pictures and da, 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 of this movie for 18 months. Like, it's been a big hype machine. Wow. Um, and anyone excited to go see it while it is not the home run out of the park that I would have liked that we thought it was it going to be after 10 minutes it doesn't disappoint if you want to see some cool stuff I didn't leave I didn't leave so dissatisfied no 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 I agree no I I, I wasn't dissatisfied like the gunman I left dissatisfied but this one yeah I that's true I know I wasn't if, if, I feel like this one broke our you know our run of if we'd movie. seen this in the theatre this would have been we would have been fine with it Agreed. Well, I mean, you know, no, because here's the thing, right? If it had been, like, not so good to start with, and then it, like, built up and built up and built up, and then we'd end up with a big fight, we'd have ended up happy. Our problem was, after ten minutes, we thought, this is going to be so cool, like, it's directed well, there's no shaky cam, Lundgren's, like, doing really well, I really like the gag about him running, Peter Weller's is proper beat-bopping it, Joy White's in it, Tony Jaa's kicking ass, it's all going to come together, Ron Perlman's being a Serbian warlord bad guy, <laughs> this is going to be fun. And then it just, like, a, it just, like, a little bit, like, stopped in its tracks. And it's it's more that it, it really... I still can't get out of my head that we watched someone fucking go, I really can't get that know, out of my it head. Was, it was really horrible. It was really horrible. I thought it was going to be a joke. I thought it was going to be, like, this weird 70s film with, like, a bunch of over-the-top death sequences. Yeah. But it was just, like, nasty. It was just like, grim. Like you said, it was grim, fetishy, weird, not nice at all. 
And in the context of that, this was like, you know, a palate cleanser. It was really nice and it was well put together. And they were trying. They were trying to make a good film. Right. And I don't think it was because they're incompetent. I don't know what they're doing. I think they just didn't have very much time. They were obviously filming in Thailand. And Tony Jaa's like put in a word, you know what I mean? Like he's obviously a big star and got them a bit of preferential treatment. I'm sure Dolph was like welcomed as a big action hero and all the rest of it, you know. Um, and, and I'm sure that they had, you know, a limited amount of time and a limited budget. But my problem was that they didn't prepare enough for the things that were, were, were always going to be make the movie good. Yeah. If you're getting these great people involved, then you need to at least have, you know, those sequences in there. Yeah. Not just one, like a couple, preferably near the beginning, to draw you in. I don't mind movies that sag in the that's fine, but there wasn't enough. The trouble is, is we're, we're spoiled because the thing that... The, the reason why everything from like late 70s Hong Kong action movies all the way through to something like The Rain are so good it's not because they have huge budgets they really don't but it's because they have incredibly dedicated people who shoot for like six to eight months like Hong Kong movies back in the day like the ones that Cynthia Rothrock did for example they shot for six to eight months and most of those were on the action sequences like the scenes where they walk into the police station and say you know this guy's a bad guy whatever we've got to go over here like they were shot in an afternoon like they just didn't care and most of the time like they were they were shot in four different languages and then just dubbed later on because it's they just don't care. Like <laughs> half the time, Cynthia Rothwell was walking around, literally going flim flam, blim blam, blue, 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 because she didn't she didn't speak Chinese at the time, and and uh, they didn't speak English, and so it was just whatever. And then she dubs it later. Um, but they spend, you know, two or three months on like one big action set piece. Right. So, and I think the same can be said for like the raid, although although it's uh, obviously the the the. Um, cameras are a lot more handheld and you can shoot a lot quicker and blah 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 I, I believe the prep on that movie was like a, a long long time yeah well that's what they needed and, to do and that the both the director and the star who had already done Miranda which is a decent movie as well but like really had something to like prove and kick out the park whereas as good as this was, and it was fine, it still felt like everyone was spinning their wheels. Yeah. And you just, the, the problem with these movies is, is you really just want to be on set and just like shake a couple of people and go, oh, come on, like, come on, guys. Yeah. In six months, there's going to be a bunch of like people who know that the action genre is dwindling, know that it's going to be taken over by CGI and superheroes and all the other stuff, and like are desperate for like some of these old school, old throwback. Just, just put in 10 more minutes of, of planning like just please you know what I mean it's not, it's not, like, it's not the acting stick, or the... stick two more scenes of Weller in there like yeah. I just film him reading the phone book like do anything <laughs> you know or what I mean or hang somebody with the phone book or hang someone with the phone book yeah give, 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 give Weller a criminal and a phone book and a room right? yes. and there's a scene for you right, right. there hey Pete just improvise beat yeah. off it hit him with the phone book whatever you want to do <laughs> you know that would be fine we'll right. be over here filming it but that's, the, that's the, the, the trouble with it is not that the characters don't work or that the story doesn't work really, although like no no the story totally overcomplicated yeah it just and it was needless because they wanted to the problem was they wanted to fit all these people in because okay you've got those action things where it's like well you need to you know like the, the, the Van Damme movies where he's got to fight the guy at the end right. in the tournament who you know broke his you know best friend's neck needlessly in the semi-final right, right. That has to, you have to like build it up so that he's a proper evil and if he could like kick a child as well at some point so much the better <laughs> right, right? right, right. Yeah. that's fine So they, but they, they kept trying to like put those things in there 
so that the fights would be like have some kind of like ooh you know like a heft to them it's like I don't give a fuck about heft just have them fighting each other what I like I didn't care when Joy White and Joel were fighting I don't care if Joy White was playing like a travelling clown who accidentally <laughs> wandered into a fight scene and been mistaken for a guy that looks just like him who you know once shot Tony Jaa's uncle you know right. with a pellet gun like I don't care because their fight scene was amazing right. you know what I mean that's it so that's all and instead of planning those things and saying bollocks to the story you know which I feel like if Dolph hadn't written it they probably would have done they probably would have gone look we've got this like you know they could have downloaded any old fucking crap from the internet like go to the blacklist but buy some script for two grand off some bloke that wrote I'm telling you there's a million cops you know wife and daughter get killed goes on revenge mission there's a million of them buy the bloody script for no money at all and then spend all your time on the, on the action sequences and bollocks to the script you know, because that's what people are there. No right. one's there to see Dolph and Moat, right? Nobody. No, no. I mean, the two. Nobody's there to see Tony Jaa like awkwardly pronounce English words he probably doesn't really understand, right? They're there to see him do mad stunts, right? So you'd be Tony Jaa should be doing nothing but mad stunts when he's on the screen, and Joy White should be doing nothing but like amazing fight sequences when he's on the screen, and Dolph Lundgren should be doing nothing except looking grumpy, trying to run, and, and hitting like accidentally punching like large pieces of wood in at, at one point he did like with his forearm hit someone's face that was really funny. and it sounded yeah. like he'd broken through concrete like it was just like <laughs> oh fuck like it was a you huge feel like break. if I ever got hit by Dolph Lundgren's forearm I would probably travel back into it <laughs> right exactly yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's Which how bad it was I quite liked it like yeah there was loads of nice touch like Lundgren because being Lundgren, had Lund- thought Lundgren being Godzilla was yeah. it like just smashing through things was amazing yeah 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 there should have been a lot more of that and this is this is my big problem is that and I think we're, we're talking about the same subject but basically that it wanted to be a complicated crime drama and it also wanted to be an action film and it didn't really have the, the nuts to do either no. you know what I mean it didn't because if you're going to it was, it was three different movies jostling for space they had too many people and the thing is John White doesn't care about being given a character or not. Tony Jaa doesn't care about being given a character or not. You can have them play anybody in the story of Dolph Lundgren on Revenge. Like, anybody. You know, you've always going to have your evil lieutenants and your, you know, your bad guys at the end. You know what I mean? Like, you show Ron Perlman's a bad guy and John White's his evil lieutenant, which is basically what was like, kind of going on anyway. But just make it more... Like, make all the fucking satire. That's just it, you know? And then you have Dolph Lundgren fighting. Or Tony Jaa. You know, the end of the movie should have been Dolph Lundgren wailing on, on Perlman. Like, them going at it like, you know, old Zilla and older Zilla. Right. And Jar White and Jar. Um, like, that's how you do it in those movies, in the actions. Like, you, you break off. The lieutenant fights the, you know, the secondary partner. Right. And then the bad guy that you really want to get taken down fights the, the, the leading right. man. And then Weller really comes happen, in you know, and takes down everyone else. Right, yeah, exactly. Weller with some, like, absurd, like, like fucking, give him a Robocop gun. Nobody cares. There was, <laughs> there was an amazing bit, which was there, where, where Lundgren popped up out of nowhere with a fucking rocket launcher, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> that was my favourite bit, because he just, like, popped up, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course he's got a rocket The bit, the bit I like is, Dol- nobody taught Dolph, right, about cover in, f- in like, firefights. That was the best because bit. He literally ran out of the bullet. Running really slowly between tiny, tiny like rods of wood. Right. You know what I mean? Going, I'm going to run from one like. There tiny was a really weird bit where he ran out into gunfire and actually got shot in <laughs> yeah. the arm. That looked like he really got shot in the arm. Like it looked like he he didn't realise they were using yeah, live ammo one day. And he went oh like that, like kind of staggered back. It was he was like stood there for a bit, going ow that really hurt. <laughs> he got shot, and the people who just shot him just stood there going oh, I think we hit him. 
Well done, well done, Steve. I think you got him. Why are you blowing his head off? What are you doing? He's just standing there. It's going to take him a week to run from one bit of this car park to the other. Uh, anyway, I would give it a. I would give it a generous three out of five. I'd give it a six out of ten. I'd give it which a, is the same. Which is the same. <laughs> It sounds lower, but it's the same. Mathematically, yeah. I've just realized. Yes. I would give it a generous three out of five because, because there are too few of these movies. Agreed. <clears throat> they Every- should do more of them. They should gather like, all people together like this and make like a fun movie with all of them. No question. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and, and probably the best example of something like this that I've really liked has either been the Ninja series with Scott Atkins or the package with Steve Austin and... Um, yeah, we need to go. Dan Shalabi. Anyway, uh, that has been the After Movie Diner for this week. Uh, thank you very much, James, for joining me. Uh, so, yeah, so, sorry for... about the uh, the brief, um, uh, the sharp ending, but I have to catch the last bus uh, back home. But um, thank you very much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to, uh, to next week's show. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Bye, guys. Bye. And just a reminder to all people still listening that June 3rd, that's this Wednesday, so two days after this podcast goes up, is World Motern Day. Uh, For people who don't know, Matt Farley is Motern Media and he has produced over 17,000 songs. He has an eight-hour playlist on Spotify under the Motern Media official playlist. Uh, That is absolutely and utterly fantastic. Matt Farley has been a guest on this podcast before. He also has his own podcast, the Motern Media Infomercial Podcast, podcast so please look that up Motern by the way is spelled M-O-T-E-R-N so please look that up please listen to that and on June 3rd please look up the official Motern Media playlist on Spotify and listen to it all of us around the world who are fans of Matt Farley and Motern Media will be doing it to help support and continue the fantastic funny artistic and inventive uh, endeavor that Matt now finds himself on. So uh, best of luck, Mr. Farley, uh, with all of that on June 3rd. I'll be listening, as I hope some of our regular listeners will be too. But to end this week's show, uh, we are going to have a clip from my latest album, The Pleasancing, which is a 10-track album all about Donald Pleasance, and uh, that can now be found on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Bandcamp, wherever you like, The Pleasancing, Uh, by Miscellaneous Plumbing Fixtures, and here is a cut from that very album.
or even some who mention Charles Gray. I want to scream loudly in their faces, will you go away? There's only one Blofeld and it's Sonny Donald P. No one else can have him because he's living down here with me. Because I want to live, yeah. I wanted to live. I want to live. I want to live down here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.